Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Turkey hunt's one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Hey, it's Steve here. Are you serious about hunting or self-defense? Well, starting in 1996, XS Sites took proven dot-the-eye sight pictures from firearms used on African safaris and applied that methodology to modern defensive handguns, all made in America and trusted by industry leaders. Meat Eater listeners can get an exclusive discount on the XS Sites website. So just go to XSSites.com and use code MEATEATER at checkout for 25% off. XS Sites, the fastest sites in any light. It's a Meat Eater Podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by Giannis, Cal, Mark, Brody, Hayden, Alyssa, Corinne, and Corey. You'll notice one name I didn't mention there, and that's Steve Ranella. This is a Steveless episode. <laughs> that was Giannis. That's all right. He's <laughs> having fun right now. Now, Alyssa, I think this is your first time on the podcast, so tell folks what you do here at Meat Eater. I am a staff accountant, and I do accounts payable, account receivables, work with Phelps Game Calls, doing some accounts receivables with their wholesalers, and uh, just have a great team. I like it. And she was a, a big contributor to the Pardon My Plate series. Giannis, I don't know if you know this, I but do the, not. the stuffed bobcat that we, we messed around with, that mm-hmm. actually came from Alyssa. It did. Oh, it did. Yeah. Nice. Why do you have a stuffed I, bobcat? It's my husband's, actually. I can't take full credit for it, but mm. it's his. Yeah. Giannis, when are you getting your bobcat pillow? Hopefully soon. Uh, Alyssa recently told me that she had something, at one point, like 16 dogs? Uh, 12. Yeah. 12 dogs. Now, was that a puppy, dogs. That a puppy situation? We or had, uh, it was a puppy mill. They got out of that. <laughs> 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 so the devil's in the details. No, we actually raised English pointers for a long time. Um, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So. I once had 18 cats. That doesn't surprise Whoa. me. That explains but that, a lot. That was a, that was a kitten. That was a surprise kittens underneath the stairwell of the front porch situation. That's too many cats. Way too many. I had to. You were feeding all of them? No, no, no. My wife fed one uh. without me knowing outside, which led to two litters <laughs> being born under the stairs of our front porch without me knowing. And then at four weeks old, they emerged. And wow. we had to get rid of them. 
Yeah, and Cal is like, fuming get over rid there. of them. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> yes, <laughs> wink, wink. We had to get, we had to get rid of them, Brody. <laughs> it's not too many cats. The smallest box of twenty two shells you can get is twenty five. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're not familiar, this is a ten round quiz show with questions from our four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. There is a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. Now, I told you how we're going to reveal a new stat each episode, and the stat of the week this week is doing a deep dive on Brody Henderson's performance. (laughs) Here's why. Let's hear it. Brody put together the oddest trivia streak we'll likely ever see. In the first 10 games Brody ever played, he either won or went into overtime on every game. That's damn impressive, Brody. Yeah, and now you're going to get to the bad part. Yeah. Now, he did win four of those contests, but three of them were outright victories with no overtime, which means that when Brody does go to overtime, he almost never wins. Except for the last time I went to overtime. Yes. (laughs) Well, I was going to say two out of three with me. That seems... But I never win, so... Brody has went to overtime six times, but has only won one of those games. So he's phenomenal. In the first 10 questions... That's not correct. You won the first and the last one, so... (sighs) Here's the thing, Cal. This this episode is for a future date that we don't know. This could come out like Christmas, for all we know. You're talking to me like it's my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting. I'm I'm talking to you, Yeah, it could come out any time, but... As like, though I you wrote, could end up being wrong, too. As though I wrote this script this morning before we knew who won the last game of trivia. You got a tough gig, Spencer. Oh, boy. I'm crying <laughs> for him. So so Brody <laughs> is phenomenal with the first 10 questions, but often struggles on the 11th. So, Brody, what is it about your <laughs> trivia game that doesn't translate to the overtime? It, it, because the over the way the overtime thing is set up is not based on knowledge. It's always oh, a guess. Oh, man. Like, it's always someone guessing a number. Wow. It's kind of harsh. That's not true. You have to have some sort of, like, information well, to get, it, in, it's to get not, in the it's, ballpark. It's not completely true. I'll give you that. But it, it does come down to, like, a guess. I think most people that have gone into overtime would agree with that. I, I would be with you there, Brody. It is impressive how often those first 10 games you were on the winning end. It's good work. Thank you. Now, uh, like I said, this episode is coming out way in the future. We have no idea when. Last time we did this, I asked uh, Giannis and and Seth to make some predictions about what would happen in the next month. Hmm. Seth is like Nostradamus. I asked him how he's going to do in the Fort Peck walleye (laughs) tourney. I think he said 14th. They got 17th. We asked him who was going to be the sloppiest at his wedding. He predicted Chester. And I've been to many weddings with an open bar, and I've never seen somebody take Pepto-Bismol during the dance, like we saw Chester do. Maybe I'm uh, what? betraying a confidence there. Who actually helped him get that Pepto-Bismol? Uh, Dirtmouth and I went and got him some Pepto. But he, I, but I heard heart, heart that or what? I, he just felt like he was going to puke. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, I wasn't there to witness this, but I think in the end, Dirt might have overtaken Chester. He went? Yeah. yeah he I fell saw. in the creek. Oh, no. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Better than the alternative, which had been uh, falling in the fire. That was um, like three hours so after I was already at home asleep, though. He survived that. So, Yanni, you want to make another prediction this time? I think last time you predicted that uh, oh, Pete yeah. Alonzo was going to have like 20 home runs by now. I checked. He's at 22. Oh. So you got any predictions on what might happen uh, in like the next month or something? Oh, boy. I'm going to kill my first booner. 
Probably. In the next no, month? no, not in the next month. Oh, Houghton nice. <laughs> Home for Fishing Games listening. <laughs> Do you want to make any predictions or should we move on? Oh, you can move on. If I come up with something, I'll let you know. Now, in a previous game of trivia, we talked about the biggest private landowners in America. And during that question, I asked Cal for what the famous Leopold quote was about private land conservation. We couldn't come up with it at the time, but I went and found it this morning. Here it is. Conservation will ultimately boil down to rewarding the private landowner who conserves the public interest. So Cal, explain to folks what that means, because there are a lot of great quotes about conservation, but very few that directly apply to private landowners. I don't know if that's true. Um, Well, the context, right, is important, but because of like robber baron times, um, but it's saying that even though it's private land, you are shackled with upholding the public trust, which is wildlife. I can say that in a lot of different ways, but um, yeah. And I mean, if you want to like really start reading into this, it's just like a deep depressing hole. Yeah. Matters what happens on both sides of the fence. It does. And as those fences get smaller and smaller and land gets chunked up smaller and smaller and folks have very different, uh, ethos as to how that stuff should behave, we constantly have to sit there and be like, well, you know, wildlife is public mm-hmm. unless you build a tall enough fence. Now, also on a previous game of trivia, we talked about Kim Jong-il's claimed accomplishments, which include inventing the burrito and curing dwarfism. But now I want to talk about his achievements in sports, which would make him the greatest athlete in the world. In 1994, he played his first ever game of golf in which he hit 11 holes in one and scored 38 (laughs) under par. Later that year, he bowled for the first time ever and amazingly got a perfect 300. Isn't that incredible? Wow, is all I can say. Yeah, man doesn't even look like an athlete, but 11 holes in one. Well, I think that's just focus. It's just a ball hitting pins <laughs> at the end of the game. lane. That's right. Is the proper way hole in ones? Holes in one? Yeah, I don't know. You're saying holes in one. I think it should be. Hole. It's like surgeon's general. What's the or no, attorney's general? Oh. Yeah, it's. A, I think holes in one is, is right. Now, uh, the dictator was infatuated with sports, which of course you would be too if you were the world's greatest athlete. But his love of basketball was actually his greatest weakness, according to some. Former Republican Senator Rick Santorum actually once said that North Korea is less of a threat than Iran because, quote, Kim Jong-il doesn't want to die. He wants to watch NBA basketball. Wasn't, didn't Dennis Rodman go and hang out there? I think that was with his son. His son, yeah. Kim Jong-un. But yeah. Yep. Those folks love the NBA over there. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, they're not going to send a nuke anywhere because they just want to watch NBA basketball. Has the format of this changed since last time I was here? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we're on to Meat Eater Trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? Just tend to win everything. Game on, suckers! Question one. This will be multiple choice, and the topic is Mountain Men. This first great question comes to us from Stephen Ranella. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. What was Jedediah Smith's middle name? Was it Hunter, Stephen, Strong, or Hercules? Again, what was Jedediah Smith's middle name? Was it Hunter, Stephen, Strong, 
or Hercules? Did Steve supply the answers? For this question? Yeah. Oh, no. No. He gave me the right answer. Gotcha. Steve wanted this one to be a fill-in-the-blank, but I didn't think anybody would get it. So that's why I made it a multiple choice. Does that help you, Brody, knowing that I no, came up with No, I was just curious. It? Okay. I think I know it. Mm. But I've said that before. Hunter, Steven, Strong, or Hercules? Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying Hercules, Hayden saying Strong, Brody saying Strong, Alyssa saying Strong, Corinne saying Steven, Cal saying Strong, Corey saying Steven, and Giannis saying Hercules. The correct answer is Strong. Strong was his mother's last name, and Smith was his father's last name. This was a tradition made popular a few hundred years ago as religious middle names fell out of favor. Today, the most common middle names for boys is James and for girls is Marie. I have the most common middle name. I do too. Wow. <laughs> there we go. Two of them in this Congratulations. room. Congratulations. <laughs> Question two, the topic is fishing. What state is home to the Finger Lakes region? Why is that one so funny? Uh, uh, there's an uh, office episode with Jim Carrey in it. You know what? My wife brought up this exact thing when I asked her this question. And it's funny when he says it. <laughs> That's what Steve would be doing. Again, what <laughs> state is home to the Finger Lakes region? There's also that that SNL sketch with Kristen Wiig has the tiny hands. It's like those little, I don't mm. know if you've seen those. It's like they're sisters and they're singers. They're, they <laughs> they, they so came from the Finger creepy. Lakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Does everybody have an answer? I'll go with it. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying New York, New York, New York. Alyssa without an answer. Corinne saying New York. Cal saying New York. Corey saying Minnesota. And Giannis saying Minnesota. The correct answer is New York. The geologic term Finger Lakes refers to a long, narrow lake in a deep glacial valley. Eleven water bodies make up the Finger Lakes region, and although they're known for great fishing, the area is also famous for its wine production because over 400 wineries and vineyards surround the lakes. We call those fjords where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) Call them what? Fjords. The wineries or the lakes? (laughs) That type of lake. Hmm. I My like grandpa that. grew up on a Seneca Lake, Watkins Glen. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the biggest Woodstock? ones. Woodstock? Isn't that Watkins Glen? No, I think Woodstock's Woodstock. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> question three, the topic is wildlife. This next great question is from Brody Whitley. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater mm. Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Brody's uh, <laughs> eyebrows perked up like, oh, he's going to do a question I submitted. Perfect. <laughs> what wild animal did President Coolidge keep as a pet which he named Rebecca and built a treehouse for. What wild animal did President Coolidge keep as a pet, which he named Rebecca and built a treehouse for? Quick answer from Mark. Do you know it? Just a guess. Was Coolidge our largest president? I don't think. Wasn't Taft kind of? Taft. Taft. He was the 300... 300 pound plus. Wasn't there some story about him getting stuck in a bathtub? Right. Am I making yeah. that up? Yeah. 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 And Coolidge was uh, hard of the Depression, the Great Depression. It's a good hint. Again, 
What wild animal did President Coolidge keep as a pet, which he named Rebecca and built a treehouse for? Does everybody have an answer? Ah, shit. That, I'm going to change it real quick. Sorry. Too much talking about that. I'm curious to see if Cal regrets changing his I'm answer. Gonna, uh, for that reason, I'm writing it down and crossing it out. There you go. Hayden? I don't know how to spell this word. I don't want to turn this into an Eastern Wolf situation. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Marcus saying raccoon, Hayden saying serval cat, Brody saying raccoon, Alyssa saying squirrel, Corinne saying peacock, Cal saying squirrel, Corey saying chimpanzee, and Giannis saying koala. <laughs> the correct answer is raccoon. I oh. knew it! Rebecca! <laughs> Cal crossed out raccoon. Well, now, Rebecca was sent to the White House in 1926 by a group in Mississippi. They intended for Coolidge to serve her for Thanksgiving dinner, but the president said he had no interest in eating a raccoon. So they made her their pet instead. Rebecca was a White House staple during the Coolidge presidency, participating in the annual Easter egg hunt and even vacationing with the family. What group sent this? Uh, a group from Mississippi. It said, now, uh, this was what I found odd. The Culinary it's, Institute it said of Mississippi. A, a group of supporters sent her from Mississippi, but that seems like something that you would like give an enemy, like someone you don't like, is sending them a raccoon to eat for Thanksgiving? Well, no. It's a different because, time. Yeah, exactly. I guess. People like to eat raccoons. Speaking of, then. I mean, of all people, you should know. Pardon my plate. You know, it's become too mainstream by Stephen Rennell and Clay Newcomb cooking all those raccoons, mm-hmm. so it doesn't doesn't even fit. For that show. Question four. The topic is cooking. How many spices are in allspice? Again, how many spices are in allspice? Allspice is one word. A-L-L-S-P-I-C-E. How many spices are in allspice? <laughs> Some quick answers uh, from our fellas who have worked in the, the restaurant industry before. Corey, you know this one? I hope so. Giannis, you know this one? No. Good. Everybody reveal your answers. We have Marcus saying six, Hayden saying five, Brody saying five, Alyssa saying five, Corinne saying five, Cal saying one, Corey saying five, and Giannis saying one. We have a correct answer in the room, and it is one. Allspice is a berry that's native to evergreen trees in Central America. It's a versatile spice that has notes of sweet and savory, making it a great addition to pies, brines, and soups. If you want to cook with it, try Danielle Pruitt's recipe for Caribbean goose tacos that you can find on TheMeatEater.com. You guys are all thinking of that uh, Chinese powder. I thought it, I thought it was an appropriation of Chinese spices. five spice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it, yeah. All spice is one spice. To be honest, you got spice. it too, didn't you? I did. One to question five, the topic is conservation. There are five states with three or more federal fish hatcheries. Name one of them. Again, there are five states with three or more federal fish hatcheries. Name one of them. Now, before anyone writes in saying that I I got this wrong or something, uh, note the word federal. Federal fish hatcheries. (laughs) Five states with how many or more? Three or more federal fish hatcheries. You need to name one of those states. Does everybody have an answer? Hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying California, Hayden saying New York, Brody saying Washington, Alyssa saying Colorado, Corinne saying Washington, Cal saying Washington, Corey saying Washington, and Giannis 
saying Michigan. The correct answers are Arizona, Arkansas, Massachusetts, Michigan, and Washington. So the room did pretty well. We had a lot of wow, Washingtons. Arizona. I thought uh, California was going to go, Mark. Yeah. There are 71 national fish hatcheries that release over 100 million fish on an annual basis. About a third of what they raise are threatened or endangered species. Washington has the most federal hatcheries in America with 10. So those of you that got it right, got it right with some authority. Phil, we are halfway through the game of trivia. Hit us with a scoreboard update. All right, we have Alyssa and Corey with one point, and that is actually uh, tied for third place there. And then tied for second place, four ways, we have Mark, Giannis, Hayden, and Corinne, each with two. And uh, in first place, tied up again, are Cal and Brody. <laughs> with how many? Giannis with four. Did, did I not say Giannis? Giannis I have, has I have two. two. Second place. There you go. Still in the game with Corinne. God, that's yeah. that's weird. California has five federally endangered runs of salmon. Mm-hmm. And it's a big state. And it's a big state. A lot of yeah. shoreline. Now, the Shelby Index, uh, she got three and a half, right? She gave herself a half <laughs> point somewhere. I don't remember where. So today's winner <laughs> should get seven. For remembering Jim Carrey was in that office episode. <laughs> that that could have been it. People get lost in the Finger Lakes all the time. <laughs> Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. And you weigh your options like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick, sick folks. Or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits is not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand times more. If you got a family and you got people that rely on you, you need to take life insurance seriously. And Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. So with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your life insurance policy, you know, that you get at work may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. 
Now, this is super convenient, right? Because a lot of times, you know, something like life insurance, you're just going to put it off because you're like, when will I ever have time to do that? I don't even know who to talk to about it. Well, this helps you do it online. Okay, again, you're comparing options from top companies, all right? Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, I'm in the navel, and I hear, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on on X, and I'll look at the topography, and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you, too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt this turkey season. Question six, the topic is fishing. This is our listener question of the week, which was won by Jared Shaw. For sending this great question, Jared is going to get a meat eater hat that was signed by everyone in the room. If you want a chance to win the listener question of the week, then send your question to trivia at themeateater.com. This air-breathing fish, which goes by nicknames like swamp trout and mud pike, is the last remaining member of its entire genus. What is it? This air-breathing fish, which goes by nicknames like Swamp Trout and Mud Pike, is the last remaining member of its entire genus. What is it? We have a stumped room. Just seeing some answers getting written now. Mm, son of a... Mm-hmm. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying snakehead, Hayden saying bofin, Brody saying bofin, Alyssa without an answer, Corinne saying guppy, (laughs) Cal saying gar, Corey saying carp, and Giannis saying snakehead. The correct answer is bofin. Yeah, that's a good one. Bofin are some of the oldest freshwater fish in the world. They first appeared in the fossil record in the Jurassic era about 200 million years ago and haven't changed much since. Other nicknames for them include Grinners, Grinnells, Cypress Trout, Mudfish, Cottonfish, and Dogfish. God, that's a good question. That's why it is our listener question of the uh, week. This thing's got some teeth, man. I mean, I've Sharp seen uh, people have sent me pictures because they like dry their heads out. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty impressive. I like catch one. one a lot like days. a snakehead. Mm. Yeah. Question seven. The topic is hunting. Name three. Of what hunters refer to as the big five game animals in Africa. You need to name three of what hunters refer to as the big five game animals in Africa. I don't think anyone in this room has hunted in Africa. Cal? No. 
Yanni? No. Mm. Again, three of the big five. Still some writing from Corey and Marcus. This is not white tail. Has the big five been changed? I don't think so. I think the term has been uh, hijacked, though, by other groups. It's not just a hunting term anymore. Right. Like the Barnyard Five or whatever. But that's a slam in Texas. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying elephant, buffalo, lion. Hayden saying buffalo, lion, leopard. Brody saying buffalo, lion, elephant. Alyssa saying lion, elephant, buffalo. Corinne saying rhino, elephant, lion. Cal saying elephant, hippo, buffalo. Corey saying kudu, buffalo, elephant. Giannis saying lion, buffalo, and elephant. The room did very well. The five are elephant, rhino, buffalo, lion, and leopard. So I think everybody except Cal. The hippo is the on the list of dangerous game, mm. of like the most dangerous. What's the second list? Just that it kills a bunch of people. Right. Yeah. And so, did- so that is... But yeah, I was wondering if they changed it because of the rhino. Right. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Did everybody else get it right? Well, now they get, they charge hunters to just go dart them and knock them out. Right. Yeah, the big five were considered to be the most difficult and mm. dangerous animals to hunt on the continent. The term was invented by hunters, but has since been adopted by conservation groups and tourism businesses as a way to group together Africa's megafauna. We're on to question eight. We will get a scoreboard update from Phil after this, this next great question is from John Schlesinger. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. This animal nearly triggered a nuclear attack response in 1962 after it was caught climbing the fence of an Air Force base near Duluth, Minnesota. This animal nearly triggered a nuclear attack response in 1962 after it was caught climbing the fence of an Air Force base near Duluth, Minnesota. Bro, are you confident over there? Well, I can't say anything because it might give a clue. If you say yes but or I no. But I feel like this thing, <laughs> let me just put it this way. I feel like this has been covered before elsewhere. Uh-huh. Am I right, Spencer? We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> this animal nearly triggered a nuclear attack response in 1962 after it was caught climbing the fence of an Air Force base near Duluth, Minnesota. So... Like we were going to nuke ourselves? We'll get no, to we're that in a Minnesota. <laughs> that doesn't make <laughs> The Ruskies were like... <laughs> Coming for those walleye in Minnesota. Yeah. Does everybody have an answer? No. I'm still going through the big five. <laughs> well, I think that is the debate. Is like, is the big five the most marketable or is it the most dangerous? Cal, you got it wrong. Oh, I'm I'm embracing my wrongness. I'm in the truth. I'm in the quest for actual knowledge here. I like it. There's there's no there's no uh, pissing and moaning about getting it wrong. I got it wrong. I'm proud of it. Okay, Yanni. What? <laughs> Do you have an answer? No. How about now? Sure. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying a possum. Hayden saying a possum. Brody saying a black bear. Alyssa saying a skunk. Corinne saying a black bear. Cal saying a black bear. Corey saying a squirrel. And Giannis saying a bear. The correct answer is black bear. Damn it. Here's what happened. A soldier spotted a shadowy figure climbing a fence of the Air Force base shortly after midnight. 
He fired his pistol at it and sounded a sabotage alarm that alerted nearby bases that the Soviets were starting a ground attack. Then the soldier realized that it was a black bear and canceled the warning just before America sent nuclear-armed aircrafts into flight. There's a lot more to this hilarious story that you can read about in Jordan Siller's article by going to TheMedia.com and typing in Barroom Banter, the bear that almost caused World War III. You know how, like, when you're riding around or hunting with a new hunter, and they're like, okay, there's one, they're real excited about it, and then it's not, it's a rock or a stump or something, my response is always like, hey, just proves that you're looking. I wonder if the military had the same response. I doubt that this guy got any credit for firing his pistol at a black bear. Phil, hit us with a scoreboard update. Uh, let's see, we got two players still in it, and I think we can guess which two. Oh. Brody is uh, in first place with a strong seven points, Ooh. and on his tail with five points is Cal. So Cal's got to make I a strong showing here. Back. So he has five? Cal has five, Brody has seven. So we need Brody to get these last two wrong, and Cal to get them right to go into an overtime. <laughs> let's go for overtime again. Question OT. nine. The topic is woodsmanship. There are five states that have more than 70% forest cover. Name one of them. Again, there are five states that have more than 70% forest cover. Name one of them. On a previous episode, we asked for the least forested states. This time, we're looking for the most forested states. A quick answer from Giannis. Is it because you don't have the pressure of competing for the win? No, I feel like this is uh, child's play. You just know it. Yeah. Would you call it a softball? Not a softball, but... (laughs) A softball that Kim Jong-il hit 700 feet. Longest home run in the world. Name one, you said, right? Name one. Name one. Does does he own many world records? I think he's dead, um, but I'm sure in North Korea he owns them all, probably. No, I'm I'm, I'm sure his son has a few now, right? When you say forested states, do you mean like trees or do you mean like unmolested like land? Whatever the USGS considers the most forested states. If you were in that dictator position, I'd I'd like you for doing that. If I knew it was kind of like an inside joke, I was like, <laughs> eh, this is kind of funny. But if you were serious about it, I, I wouldn't like you. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying Maine. Hayden saying Arkansas, Brody saying Maine, Alyssa saying Alaska, Crin saying Vermont, Cal saying Maine, Corey saying Michigan, and Giannis saying Washington. The correct answers are Maine, New Hampshire, West Virginia, Vermont, and Alabama. Oh, cool. So the room did well, too well, in that we now have our winner with one question to go, and that is Brody Henderson. You know, um, (laughs) you know what Steve's going to say. What's that? I wasn't there. Yeah. But you have a strong going here. I think you've, you've gotten all but one right going into the final question, right? That's correct. I don't know. I yeah. Taught. So this one's just for funsies and to help everyone's average. Question 10. The topic is hunting. What is the Cajun nickname for coot that roughly translates to water hen in French? What is the Cajun nickname for coot? That roughly translates to water hen in French. So is it a French word? It's a French word. Okay. But the Cajun use it. I don't think uh, over in France they're saying this. 
What is the Cajun nickname for coot that roughly translates to water hen in French? And if you want to know more about coot, you can watch us eat one in episode. What a part on our plate. That's right. <laughs> Brody, you going to go 90% here? I Yeah, I think uh, maybe. If, think it, so. if, if I'm close enough on the spelling that you like. Yeah, the you spelling, think spelling's that you, a real mess. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Mark saying the old hot lips. Hayden without an answer saying, no, I got one. what does that say? Poulet de terre. Brody saying, <laughs> Puldo. Alyssa without an answer. Corinne saying, what does that say, Corinne? Cal saying, Puldo. You're saying that song? Corey without an answer. And Giannis without no an answer. answer. The correct answer is Puldo. Is that how you spell it? Uh, you're close. It is P O U L D E A U. So you're, you're in the ballpark. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in America. Yeah. Anyway, so. Brody goes nine for 10. It takes another victory. We just had to give him a hard time uh, job, about Brody. going to overtime. Yeah. Well yeah. done, Brody. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. How do you um, think Steve would have done in this game? You think he'd have got nine? Oh, he'd have been in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but he's nine not here, is impressive, so. though. Yeah, nine. And it would have taken twice as long. Um, <laughs> Brody, who are you going to give your five hundred dollars to? Let me lay the back to? of that board, and I'll make a decision. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about it. Now, Brody is referencing the back of our massive meat eater trophy, which has twenty-five conservation organizations on it that you can choose from. Again, thank you, Ed Newman, for creating this masterpiece of a trophy. So, Brody, who's it going to be? Uh. What, what category are you looking in? Are you looking like public lands, fishing, ungulates, birds? I'm, I'm, I'm not aligned with anything specifically. Oh, he's not even. I'm just looking at all the cool logos. Um, <laughs> let's do the Western Bear Foundation. The Western Bear Foundation? I think that's a second Give me donation. A <laughs> I can change it if we want to edit this. No, I don't. But give Cal a reason why. Because I like bears. There you yeah. go. Good enough for me. Does that satisfy you, Cal? Well, it's kind of like throwing your money at Whitetail, you know? It's like they're hey, no. doing just fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but remember all that if, private I, land I, conservation we were talking about? I should change this. No, no, no. no Brody, the Western Dude. Bear Foundation is not throwing money at Whitetails or bears. It's throwing money at uh, the right to hunt bears, I believe, more so. Yeah, I think Which I think, out of yeah. everything that we hunt, maybe it might be the thing that's that is what most I was threatened. Going. Do we need to like edit, redo this? No, at all? no, this is great. No. I'm also convinced they're never going to get another donation unless Clay Newcomb wins. People so good on like you, Brody. Bear hunting, <laughs> Cal. Good on you, Brody, for picking the Western Bear Foundation. You satisfied, Cal? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Cool I get him out of this room more quickly. And that's the exciting end <laughs> to Meteor <laughs> Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. Nice birdie. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. 
Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.